Welcome to Second Take Movies, the podcast where we give movies a second look, a second chance, a second take, if you will. I'm your host, Preston Jenkinson, and my guest today is a returning guest from the inaugural episodes of this podcast, Will Huff. <laughs> hey, Preston, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? Oh, man. I am glad to be back. And honestly, can I just start with this by saying yeah. I've really enjoyed um, following your podcast since we <laughs> we did those first episodes together and um, uh, seeing the growing success of your podcast. I think people are realizing this is a real gem. Yeah. And so it's been a pleasure to watch that. We'll, we'll start with a, a summary of the movie because because we're talking about Man of Steel today from 2014, directed by Zack Snyder, starring Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. An alien child is evacuated from his dying world and sent to Earth to live among humans. His presence is threatened when other survivors of his home planet invade Earth. And uh, the next thing we like to do is do a positive and a negative review. The first one is from Film.com. This is a positive one. If the word epic has lost its meaning in the throes of summer, of recent summers, Man of Steel forcefully redefines it. Okay. Um, the next one is from Variety. The humorless tone and relentless noisy visually, uh, sonically, and aesthetic leave much to be desired. Hmm. Wow. And I, I, I will agree with him. There's like almost no color in this movie. Yeah. And, you know, you see Zack Snyder later with uh, Batman versus Superman and Justice League kind of recovering that. They, they color up Superman's suit quite yeah. a bit later on. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I want to say, for me, and you know this, Preston, I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie a lot. I think it is it is an epic. That's a great word for it. Um, it is one of the better super superhero movies out there. Definitely the best Superman movie ever made, um, in my opinion. And... But I do think if there was one critique for this film, um, personally, my taste is not the Zack Snyder kind of action. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there, there's a few of us out there that really love the kind of fast-moving shots with the big... He loves the big explosions. Yeah. And kind of, you know, thinking of the movie 300, just kind of this very stylistic action style. Um, not my taste per se, but for me, it doesn't ruin the movie. Right. And uh, I think he tones it down for this movie. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just, it's not annoying. It's not at that annoying part point for me. One of the things I love about this movie is the opening and the planet of Krypton, which is just being absolutely destroyed. And it makes no sense, and I love it. <laughs> like the planet itself it makes no sense it is it okay so you're more familiar with the comics than i am mm-hmm. i think yeah. i know you're more of a marvel guy but like what does krypton look like in the comic books uh, just a typical alien world i mean krypton doesn't really have a set look they never really spend too much time on it i don't think okay somebody who's who knows way more about comics than i do could probably speak to that I've never seen a definitive look for Krypton. It's a pretty epic opener. Yeah. Um, that scene. Okay, so I saw this movie in the theater back in, what was it, 2013? 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. Um, and I I think I almost, <laughs> I think I almost cried when the, the the music swells and of course Hans Zimmer I know we'll talk yeah. about the score but the music swells and there is a uh, baby Superman yeah. being lifted up in the spaceship and you know the parents are are, are giving him up mm-hmm. um, to save his life and also in the hope of a future for Krypton right but um, beautiful love it great scene. <laughs> Um, so yes, it, it starts with you know the planet's falling apart, and in the midst of this, um, Jor-El and his wife are having a baby, and we find out later that it's the first natural birth on Krypton in over I don't know how long they said thousands of years, hundred years, few hundred years, 
seems like. Yeah, I think at least a few hundred years. Because at, at some point they just started selecting. They they were just getting kids out of this codex that we'll talk about as well. Yes. Then they would decide what this child would do for the rest of its life. It's so interesting because I think to in today's world, like right now, if there was something like that, mm-hmm. we would just, it would just, the, the majority of people would just be like, you know, appalled. It'd be, you know, horrendous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's the exact opposite on this planet mm-hmm. where the natural birth is kind of this, well, I think, I think they call it heresy. Yeah. That's what... Um, General Zod, played by Michael Shannon. Oh, oh. <laughs> incredible. He scares the pee out of me every time. He did such a like, such a good job. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... Uh, well, and he's... Okay, If just, uh, just want to say this here. I love it when the villain had... Like, when the villain makes sense... Their yeah. their their reasoning behind what why they're doing what they're because doing because basically General Zod and Jor El basically agree with each other. Yeah, they just have two totally different ideas about how to solve the problem. Yes, they're both frustrated with the leadership the, the, of the, Krypton, the dumb bureaucrats. Which I'm all for, like a, a bureaucrat taking a, a laser or a, <laughs> or a bullet to the chest in any movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. No, it's kind of yeah. That's a, that's a um, that was a good scene. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I hadn't even thought of it that way. Zod, but- Zod's way is racism and. <laughs> Jorel's is science. <laughs> yes, different different ways of um they're fighting the same enemy. Yeah. They're both about saving Krypton. It's just the 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 ways that they're trying to get to that goal are, yeah. are very different. But we eventually get to you know, the typical Superman movie. Uh his parents put him in a rocket and and send him out into the galaxy but not before somehow this scientist who in this society I'm assuming was chosen to be a scientist. Uh, he knows Kung Fu somehow <laughs> and just takes down these soldiers. Yeah. I, well, I don't know, man. It was weird. I agree. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's uh, and I don't know if that's like, a, maybe there's like a culture of, I don't know how it works that that wasn't very much. That wasn't explained. No, no. I mean, it was just a, an action scene to put in the movie, probably. But I love the idea that everyone in Krypton mm-hmm. has basically the Superman crest, but it's different yes. for each family, which was, makes more sense for him to have an S on his chest. It was brilliant. Brilliant. Because his suit, is, we find out, is basically just Kryptonian underwear, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, really, like... His his suit is just Kryptonian clothes. What that makes more sense too, you know, because previously it's just this. It's a superhero suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, this is definitely a more real, realistic Superman. He's more grounded. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a funny thing to say about Superman, but um, uh, grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, the suit makes sense. There's a reason for it. Yeah. It's not just funny colors to be a superhero kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, this is a side thing, but I haven't I don't I can't think of a movie I've seen with Russell Crowe in it since this one. Is he doing movies anymore? Yeah, he was in a really good movie with Ryan Gosling. The other guys? No. The nice <sighs> oh, guys. Oh, okay, yes. I saw a trailer for this. That's a that's a really good Is it movie. really good? Yeah. Okay. Love to see it. I like Russell Crowe. Yeah. But eventually General Zod he loses and off goes Clark Kent out into the universe and he gets arrested by the Council of Krypton, I guess. I don't mm, something know like how that. their judicial system works, but Yes. He gets uh sent to the Phantom Zone. Dumbest idea. In a penis rocket. <laughs> I okay. I I will admit that is exactly what those things look like. 
Well, I remember in 2013 seeing all of the memes about this, which is part of, and okay, we haven't said this yet, but I think one of the reasons you chose this movie for us, Preston, yeah, is people don't like this movie. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it. It mostly has to do with the, um, how sad Superman seems to be. Because he's always more of a, a hopeful. Um, but I think there is a, a good reason for him to be sad in this movie. I'm just explaining the criticism. You know, th- and, no, this is good for me. I Yes. And keep the going. destruction of Metropolis, which I would also say has merit and reason to be in the movie. Yes, I want to talk about that because I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, he's saving the planet. This this movie is not about him saving Metropolis. Mm. It's about him saving the whole Earth. Right, but um, one could argue he murdered like thousands of people too. But we'll we'll get to that later. Yes, on. We'll get okay. to that later on. But, but yes, I think that okay, the whole rockets thing. Who designed these? I would assume uh, it was Jor El because he he said that like. I mean, he designed the the ship because his little key that he makes was able to take over the um, ship later on in the movie and open doors for Lois Lane when she's going through there. You know, like his full hologram uh, yeah. of himself. Yes. Which, they have this like pen art looking stuff through most of the movie, but they also have these real life holograms as well. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make sense. It's just doing a bunch of cool stuff, yeah. I guess. Also, before all this happens, before Zod and his crew get sent to the Phantom Zone, Jor-El goes to get the Codex, which is the DNA makeup of all of Krypton, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this ancient skull that's in this little room, and he he has to dive through this pool of water to go get it. And when he's coming up out of the water, mm-hmm. he just like clacks it on a rock. This million year old <laughs> uh, yeah. skull, when he's getting out of the water, it's just clack, clack. I'm like, Be a little careful with that thing, yeah. man. <laughs> but the, the reason uh, he gets that is he uh, puts all of the genetic code of Krypton into his son and sends him out into the universe. Wow. And... While they're being sent to the Phantom Zone, Krypton finally just implodes and explodes and is no more. It's atomized. It's gone. And we cut to Clark landing. Well, I guess we don't really see it land, but he shoots around the moon and is headed to Earth. And yeah, we all know the story. Yes. Don't have to tell it again. Yeah. We, we, we know how it goes. Yeah. And we pick up with uh, Jonathan and Martha Kent. I do not like Jonathan Kent in this movie. The casting for him? I don't, you know, Kevin Costner's fine. He's making, you know, twice appearance in this movie. Last week is Field of Dreams. This week's Man of Steel. Um, <laughs> this is your Kevin Costner series. Yeah. <laughs> but, Which he's, he's probably been in a lot of movies people hate on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said last week, he's very hit and miss with me. You should like, do a second take on Kevin Costner. Oh. <laughs> but in the, you know, you, you can't really com- compare reboots of previous movies, but the characterization of Jonathan Kent in the first Superman movie was a lot better than this. In that movie, Clark wants to play sports and do all this stuff, you know, that a teenager would want to do. And Jonathan Kent's reasoning is, you've got all this talent and all these powers, and all you want to do is play sports? Hmm. You know, you're meant for something better than that. Hmm. And he dies of a heart attack as soon as he gives him that speech in the field. Hmm. And that was a way to for Clark to realize that he is not, he can be all have all these powers and do all these things, but he's not going to be able to save everyone. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, 
his dad just doesn't want it, which he could totally save his dad from that tornado. Oh yeah. Um, because we fast forward a little bit later and they get caught in this tornado on the side of the road. Also PSA, if you're caught in a tornado on the side of the road, don't go hide under an underpass. (laughs) Yeah. So you said something really interesting there getting me thinking. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, okay, in the previous movie, the the big i guess epiphany or lesson or moral between him and his father is okay his father dies of a heart attack and he couldn't do anything about it despite all his powers so in this one he chooses he and his father both together make the choice that he should not save him because there's something more important. The world wasn't ready to, which nobody would have seen that. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Or send Clark for the dog because he's going to survive that and you're going to break your ankle and get caught mm-hmm. like you do. Mm-hmm. But the plot we needed to move along. So we yeah. had to kill Jonathan Kent. They could have maybe done a different version of that that's not this kind of... yeah. <laughs> twister <laughs> in the middle of the highway <laughs> that no one saw coming no tornado warning yeah. like <laughs> yeah. jo- um. jonathan kent should have gone with his wife to the underpass which you're not supposed to do and clark could have gone and saved the dog but i i think that's where you know this movie's trying to do the whole thing with uh well similar to the dark knight movies about Superman being more than just a superhero that saves people, yeah, but a symbol to inspire people. Okay. Um, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that that's even why it's important why they they never call him Superman in the whole movie. He they they're pl- they're really focusing in on the S being a symbol of hope. Which, okay, to your earlier point about him being so sad, I haven't thought about that. That's interesting. But maybe still works where they're playing to him being a symbol of hope. Where was I going with this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Because his, but his dad just like admonishes him for saving his uh, whole, like when he's a kid, a whole bus full of children. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. You should yes. be like, he should have saved yes, Clark, this is what your powers were meant for. Exactly. Instead of saying, no, you shouldn't have done it. You need to hide. You need to hide these things. Yes. Fast forward, you know, we're kind of going through with these flashbacks, like timeline wise. So he'd save some kids when he, and there's several other flashbacks of him trying to learn to control his abilities and, and do all these things. Um, we, we've cut to fast forward to him working in a roadside diner where these guys are messing with this waitress who I guess is a friend of his and he's working there and he goes to tell him to stop and then even if he's not Superman and he's just Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. <laughs> why would if you're this you know rowdy trucker, why are you picking a fight with Henry Cavill in a bar? Yeah. He's obviously <laughs> going to beat you up. Because he basically just pushes him and like pushes himself back. And because of his dad's brainwashing, I'll yeah. call it, he he doesn't do anything, which typically in any you know rowdy place like that, they would have a guy that looked like Henry Cavill working there, yeah. and he would just toss the dude outside. He was, you know, well, but no, he just leaves and just destroys that guy's truck. So, Preston, you're making me rethink some things about this movie. <laughs> well, good. I'm just being I'm just being honest here. Here here's what I'm thinking about just hearing you talk about all this. Mm-hmm. Superman's character, like the uh, the things he his values, let me say his values. I don't know that they're consistent throughout the whole movie. They're not. And I'm realizing that in this moment. Like he and that's because of the bad of advice of his dad. Well, yeah, well, he's, it's he's like, got two dads in this movie. Yes, and they're both saying different things. And well, and maybe that's the conflict. You know how how does he use his powers? And maybe they didn't bring that up uh, out enough. And which is great. It it all comes back in mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four hour cut, 
Ah, because when I he, haven't seen it yet. When he comes back to life, uh-huh. you know, like he does in Justice League, yeah, he goes back to that ship and you know, kind of re goes because he's still remembering who he is. So he kind of goes through the process he went through in this movie. But instead of just Jor El, he's getting a speech. There's a speech of Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe cut together. Whoa! Telling Clark who he is. Wow. So it's basically taking the teachings of these two guys mm-hmm. and it's a great moment. Like, yeah. Wow. But you know, Warner brothers used Zack Snyder's daughter suicide as an excuse to fire him. <sighs> Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there, there's a lot packed into this movie and mm-hmm. I, I give them some credit and that it's like, it's hard to, to really do it all very well, but yeah. Um, but after that, uh, he makes his way to Antarctica, basically some place in the snow where they found this old Kryptonium ship that they think is a a Russian submarine. And he's working there at, I, I don't know what he does at this site. He's just, you know, carries, because Lo- Lois Lane shows up. She, you know, she's walking around investigating stuff mm-hmm. and telling these generals what for and blah, blah, blah. And, she eventually uh, sees him walking to the ship and is like in the most impossible way ever. Like she takes a picture of a hill and makes out a little figure and this thing just just zooms in enough she can make out that it's a person. When How much do you think Nikon paid for that shot? It was either Canon or Nikon. I don't know, but a lot. <laughs> that was just totally an advertisement for their camera. Yeah, because in this movie you've got IHOP and... All this other stuff in it. I mean, you Sears. Know, these movies ain't cheap. No. Yeah. I, some. I remember a director got criticized for. Can't remember which one it, who it was, but it was like just a blatant like, yes, this is a, a advertisement shot, and you know, he said these movies ain't cheap. You know. <laughs> you, I mean, even in like Avengers movies. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's like in the first Avengers movie, there's a shot of Captain America, Black Widow, and Hawkeye like running around this car. And it's Acura in in the rubble. Yeah. And it just holds there for like three seconds on the Acura logo. Or like every time Tony Stark drives up. In an Audi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it just like. (laughs) I think there's even one scene where one of the superheroes is like, um, I I don't know, admiring the car. Mm Because he like opens the doors and they, they come up a certain way. Yeah. Even Avengers movie ain't cheap. They still gotta make money off something. Oh no, yeah, those are um, less cheap, more yeah. expensive. But we, Clark finds out it's a uh, it's a Kryptonian ship, and he, I think he still he he cause, yeah because his dad because uh, Kevin Costner gave him this like Kryptonian key that he came to Earth in. You know, it was in the ship, and that's right. He found it. And he gives it to Clark, and he goes into this Kryptonian ship and plugs it in, and his dad shows up in hologram form. I guess it. I think he said it was his his sentience. Jor-El says his sentience was loaded onto this Kryptonian thumb drive or key or whatever you want to call it. And he explains that you know you're from Krypton, and this is one of the outposts that we had, and we used to colonize the universe basically, but we eventually abandoned it because it was taking all of our resources at home and that's why the planet exploded and he gets his blue and red suit um and explains it's the house of l and he's got a pretty great speech that i'll i'll play for us here um about who he is and what he's supposed to be in the future okay i'm, I'm excited for this why am i so different from them Earth's sun is younger and brighter than Krypton's was. Your cells have drunk in its radiation, strengthening your muscles, your skin, your senses. Earth's gravity is weaker, yet its atmosphere is more nourishing. You've grown stronger here than I ever could have imagined. The only way to know how strong is to keep testing your limits. You will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun, Cal. In time, 
you will help them accomplish wonders. But yeah, so basically telling him he's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I mean, yeah, like the whole symbolism thing. He he is he's more than a man. He yeah. he represents something. Even if he actually technically isn't that thing. It's also it's an the ideal. second week we're getting theological. <laughs> <laughs> uh but that the the from an effect standpoint and look the shots of him taking off to fly with the gravity of the rocks floating and oh yeah just the the pressure like that is the best representation of what it would look like when superman took off yep no it's it's incredible i mean and just the joy on his face when he realizes he can fly faster oh i loved that scene yes just the joy um henry cavill is one of the most perfect superhero castings well of recent here's memory here's i agree i agree here's where superman is different than any other superhero i don't think i'm gonna i'm gonna claim that that no other superhero really does this or at least does this as well superman is going to play he's going to be the epitome of humanity and the and and kind of humanity meets divinity. He he's going to be okay, for instance, take Thor. Yeah. Thor is just gonna be God like. He's a god. They're not really playing to his humanness much. You know, he's gonna be emotional, but it's not like symbolically like he is a human kind of no. It's never played to, you mm-hmm. know. Um Superman is and i think i think there's this speech in the movie where it's like you'll be like a god to them yeah that was in that speech yeah yeah okay that's right um i don't know it'd be fun to think through that some more but um in a way he's he's kind of okay he's the most recognized superhero historically he is the first superhero and every other superhero since then has just been what Superman can do. Yes. Um, that's my problem with Superman is that he is indestructible, frost breath, laser <laughs> eyes. They they did kind of, you know, give him some weaknesses later on. But yeah. Like magic and uh, cr- um, kryptonite. kryptonite. Um, I would also say that he and Batman are the two heroes who's when they are bruce wayne and clark kent Mm -hmm. that is their masks yes oh yeah who they really are is superman and batman definitely definitely what you know and batman's just a psychopath so (laughs) yeah I, i i'd i'd wager that superman batman and Spider-Man are objectively the best superheroes out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a discussion for a different day. Yeah. But well, I think exactly for a lot of the reasons you just said, though. Yeah. He finds out he's Superman. He goes back to his mom, and Lois Lane tracks him down all the way from Antarctica back to Smallville, Kansas. So he comes back home and explains who... Does he really explain who he is? Yeah, he does. He gives an interview to Lois Lane. Um, And she tries to give it to the Daily Planet, but they say she's crazy, so she gives it to the guy who runs a blog. And after all that, who shows back up on the scene? General Zod. He and his crew escape the Phantom Zone. I think it was after the destruction of Krypton is when that happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they're like immediately released. Yes, yeah. so dumb. They get shot back out of the uh, Phantom Zone, and then that crew just goes to all the old outposts to see if there's still anybody out there. And they eventually come to Earth, and they send this broadcast. I don't know how they broadcasted the message. Again, the plot just needs to move. You know, there's no need in explaining it. <laughs> they're aliens. They figured yeah. it out. 
Uh, they tell the world to give them Superman or Kal-El as they know him and Earth will be fine and just give us our guy back. Yeah. And Clark has a uh, crisis of faith, crisis, just a internal crisis of whether he wants to do that or not. Mm-hmm. He goes to a church, doesn't he? Yeah, and if the Jesus metaphor hadn't hit you on the head just yet, there's a <laughs> shot of him in a church sitting in a pew right under a glass window pane of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't they were not subtle. <laughs> My goodness. Zack Snyder is not subtle at all. <laughs> Why do you think they're doing that? I'm not saying it well, but it's I do ba- think it's it kind can... of basically who Superman is though. Well, yeah, and I didn't say it well earlier, but I think it 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 connects to the uniqueness of Superman as a superhero, that he's kind of divine and human. Yeah. Kind of both those things. Yeah. Even if it's just symbolically. Because, I mean, you know, Jor-El gives up his only son to... Yes. To save, save the world. planet or world or whatever. Yeah, save I mean. the planet. And um, he... Well, yeah. Could keep going there. Yeah. Even his power, he doesn't use his power. He kind of surrenders that up. And the the general um, Swanwick, I think is his name, in Zack Snyder's Justice League turns out to be Martian Manhunter. Whoa. So he was Martian Manhunter the entire time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. That huh. was the plan all along. And I'm like, well, why didn't... Either they didn't know about it at the time, or Zack Snyder didn't know he was going to do that at the time, or Superman just didn't say anything when he can when they eventually bring him in and handcuff him, and he can see them through the interrogation wall. Which one is it again? Say it again. It's General Swanwick. The General Swanwick, tall black guy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I need to see the extended Justice League. Four hours, so <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> how, how long was the original? Two hours. Two hours. Okay. So he he gives himself up, and they come down. And as soon as the other colonel mm-hmm. guy who sacrifices himself at the end of the movie, yeah, as soon as he sees, uh, Feora, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. He falls in love. <laughs> what are you talking about? That guy's in love with that woman. Oh my goodness. Like you go back and watch the movie. Like okay. He, I'll have when, to see when, it. when they first show up and take Superman, he's like just like staring at her. Yeah. And then when they're about to have a knife fight in the street uh-huh. in Smallville, he's like <laughs> ready to go. And then when he eventually steers the, the you know, she tries to kill him before he steers the plane into the big world changing thing, it's like he found a one. Like, wow. He ready. <laughs> I'll have to look for those looks again. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so they they get him back on the ship, and he's having trouble um, adjusting to Krypton's atmosphere, mm-hmm. which is in the ship. And General Zod basically explains his entire journey to get here, yep. and what he's done, mm-hmm. and what he's going to do, mm-hmm. and they share they share a dream together i guess and okay that was weird so yeah how did that happen i mean they had him in the ship strapped down so i guess they had some kind of technology where they could plug in like the matrix and some sort of inception you know, inception kind of thing. share dreams with each other i don't know weird and yeah because superman gets buried in like skulls oh yeah <laughs> terrifying <laughs> it's later revealed that he slid that little because lois goes on there with him and he slides her that little Superman key that he was given. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she eventually plugs it into the ship mm-hmm. and Jor-El takes over as yes. the artificial intelligence of the ship. Yes. And adjusts yes. it to Earth's atmosphere so she can breathe and Cal has his powers back. And Amazing. Uh, and again... The Jesus thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they eventually, you know, Lois escapes and. Well, Lois, Lois, I think she's, yeah, she's in the escape pod, but it's, she's going to die, right? Because it's think, crashing and down. And I think at this, this point is when Clark just like laser, because there's a, a, a Kryptonian chamber. Yes. Of unborn 
Kryptonians. Oh my goodness! On the ship. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they. I think that's one of the things they found. And he lasers and it. He lasers the entire thing because he says, "If you do this, then you're destroying Krypton." Whoa. And he's like, Krypton had his chance. It's gone. Bye-bye. See you later. Which, I don't blame the guy. He's never been there. He's been on Earth his whole life. Yeah. My goodness. Technically, they're not humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an intense movie. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot for a Superman movie. But Yeah. It's a lot for a first Superman movie. Like, okay, I really wanted there to be sequels to this thing. I think at some point we will get one. You really think so? I think Henry Cavill will come back for one more. I think he would, but I don't think they're going to. I think they will. You think they will? I think they will. That gives me a lot of hope because I really want to see a sequel for this thing. Because he said he wants to do another one. And Yeah. Well, Zack Snyder won't do anything. Well, no, he's not working for Warner Brothers anymore. I don't blame no him. No one is. I mean, Nolan left as Nolan well. Nolan's gone. He's gone to Universal. Yeah, I, I won't. I'm not surprised if Warner Brothers just doesn't do well here yeah. on out. They've, they've well, as long as they've got Batman, they're not gonna. They've fail made too many anything. people, <laughs> too many people mad. They have the rights to Batman. Yeah, I mean, they oh. have the rights to all the DC characters. So, shoot, they're not going away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, they'll hold those with a tight fist. <laughs> yeah. And the whole reason he's looking for Clark is because he wants to know where the codex is. Yeah. And he doesn't know that the codex is encoded encoded within Clark. And he thinks it's in his ship. So they eventually just go to his mom's house. Yeah. And wreck They make shop. a mess. Yeah. And we get to the beginning of what a lot of major criticism about this movie stems from. Is the destruction of Smallville, Kansas, mm-hmm. all the way to Metropolis. Yep. I would argue they just threatened his mom. Yeah. Threw a house, threw a car into her house. Yep. He's mad. <laughs> he gonna destroy a few grain bins along the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is an epic battle. Yeah. I mean, this and is. And also, he doesn't know how to fight. He's not a yeah. soldier or a This warrior. is a fight for the planet. At this point, the stakes are very high, and it's his first day being Superman. Yeah, um, literally first day. Yeah, so we we go through this long drawn out fight, and their the their the General Zod's eventual plan is to well, if I can't have new Kryptonians, mm-hmm. I will take these two world engines mm-hmm. and put them on opposite ends of the planet and turn Earth into Krypton. Yes. And they, so, all throughout the the final act of this movie is just these two things uh, terraforming the Earth and changing its atmosphere and destroying everything. And General Zod and Superman have this huge fight all through Metropolis, which the uh, collateral damage and all this is all brought up at the beginning of Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which, when I saw the trailer for that movie, oh, I was like, where Bruce Wayne is just running into the rubble and destruction. I was like, yes, sign me up. I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, they deal with it. Yeah. And it was part of the plan, question mark, all along? I would assume so. Yeah, it seems like it. Because this movie came out like, I mean, Batman vs. Superman came out. It was supposed to come out like a year later, but it it's got, like 2015. Yeah, delayed like two or three times. So they really knew. Yeah. yeah. And they were originally going to go up against uh, what was coming out at the time. Was it Winter Soldier? No, it was two, Civil, Civil 2014 was Civil Age War. of Ultron. Yeah, wasn't like it? the first time it got delayed <laughs> from 2015 to 16, it was it got. Uh, put in April mm-hmm. and then Marvel announced that they were doing a third Captain America movie that was coming out the same day mm. and Batman vs Superman held it there forever <laughs> oh I remember this and then they eventually moved it back to March because everyone knew yeah, that it wasn't it was like, gonna dude work. you're not gonna no you can't do I mean it's Batman vs Superman but 
but Civil War is... Marvel Studios was taken off at this point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember that. We had just had a second Avengers movie. Like, oh, my gosh. You're not going to compete with that. And Civil War is pretty much an Avengers movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Destruction and another bit of criticism comes up okay. when he snaps General Zod's neck from destroying, from killing... A family that could have easily gotten moved up out of the way and ran away. Yep. <laughs> well, the key the key word there is Zod says never in response to Superman being like, you know, please stop. Mm-hmm. He says never. And to his credit, he's not happy about doing it. No. But I think, you know, and in the original Superman movie, he kills. Well, in Superman 2, I think it is, he kills Zod. Now, he basically just does, like, kick him down a shaft. I mean... Ah, yeah, so it's a little less violent. Superman murders. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, and it it just, it makes sense. And it was, it it was the only way this was going to end. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's a very hard scene. I mean, but, you know, Superman, he, he, after he does it, you see the anguish. I mean, he just screams. Um, and I love Lois. I mean, it's 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 kind of just crazy that she just happens to be there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of happens to be there in this movie with Lois Lane that I'm like, okay. Um, but she she's able to to be there with him and um, okay, happens to be there. How okay? How is it that when Superman and Zod, during their big battle, they go out into outer space, and they're like, you know, this big fight at the satellite or whatever, they fall back to Earth, and somehow, end up in Metropolis. Makes no sense to me. <laughs> Again, the plot needed him to fall there. I mean, <laughs> it's like in Batman versus Superman. Superman goes and and uh, takes a nuke uh, to outer space and then falls right back to Gotham. So what do you, you know? <laughs> he just falls. Yeah, because the nuke explodes in space and he catches. See, a bunch I of just it. yeah, it just like it doesn't make any sense. But this is my rant. Zack Snyder looked at the pages of The Dark Knight Returns, written by Frank Miller in the 80s. Okay. Which is the Batman later years comic book. Yeah. All he did was look at it and see that Superman and Batman had a fight in that comic. And then he based an entire movie around that. He just looked at it. He didn't read the comic. Is that what the comic's supposed to be based? Like, that's what the movie's supposed to be based on? Loosely. Because that armored suit that Batman has in that movie is in um, The Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Disappointing. Batman has a great speech in that, too. Um, So, Earth is saved. And the world is getting on after Metropolis. And he's decided to, I guess, be friendly with the government because... He knocks a drone plane out of the sky in front of the general when he's driving somewhere and says, I'm from Kansas. I ain't an enemy. You know, just quit trying to find me. You ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be there when you need me there. You know? <laughs> and turns out the sergeant mm-hmm. or private mm-hmm. that's with him, the woman, mm-hmm. is Carol Ferris, which is the love interest of Green Lantern. Whoa. Yeah. Did not know that. Of how Jordan's Green Lantern. What? Yeah. Because he calls her fair. He just says Ferris. So people just put two and two together. And oh my goodness. Anyway. So that's Man of Steel. <laughs> oh, Did I ruin man. it for you? No. It. I mean, I think it's a good movie. It, it's a It's a really good movie. It. It is interesting, like... It's the. It's I'm wondering, like, even for me, like, how much of the aesthetics or experience of the movie has influenced how great I think it is. Because mm-hmm. when I just, I'm, you know, just processing a lot of things you're saying in this episode, I'm like, hmm. 
It's got me thinking, I yeah. guess. But I still, I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. I mean, even with Hans Zimmer's score, which we didn't touch, the cast is top notch. Great. The script is is really good. Yeah, the script is really really good. Um, maybe it's the execution of it all with the direction. Christopher Nolan being a producer on this probably saved us. Oh my! About a half goodness. hour of footage because yeah, you know Zack Snyder loves the slow mo. Oh my god! Any chance he can get it in yep. there, he puts it in. And yep. in this, it's a lot of snap zooms and yes, and a lot of wide tracking shots. And I think that was a compromise between Nolan. And, I'm sure and if Nolan hadn't been on this movie, um, and I don't know how much of a hands-on role he had. I mean, you know, yeah, because they they'll put like a somebody's name on something just because they gave him a that's true a note about something and say they're a producer. He was he was one of the script writers. I know he became less involved. Yes. After this movie. Ah, uh, with Warner with like Batman with like a uh, like DC movie. Justice League. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think Warner Brothers I th- what I think happened and I and I've told you this the other day. Yeah. I think Warner Brothers approached him about making a Superman movie. He was like, "Man, I don't really want to." Yeah. I just got done. Yep. Making y'all the greatest trilogy of Batman movies. <laughs> yeah, he like <laughs> it's like <laughs> Warner Brothers never satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> How much can we soak out of this one person? Yeah. It's like he already gave you the greatest, like you said. Yeah. And superhero trilogy like, you ever. You know made. what? I'll come in and give you a few notes. <laughs> yeah, nice guy. Cuz there there is like behind the scenes footage of him on set yeah. and talking to Snyder. So yeah. I think he was more involved with this movie mm-hmm. than I think the rest were just yeah. Zack well, Snyder. and he he's always said he likes Superman. Yeah, he does like Superman, and he's been approached about doing a Bond movie as well. Yes, but he says when it gets rebooted again, he'll think about it. Yes, he he's not going to do it with Daniel yeah. Craig. He kind of already did his Bond movie though with Tenet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he likes the espionage kind of thing. Yeah, um, he just has to have a weird <laughs> plot device in it. And I'm just heartbroken that it's not going to be Idris Elba. What, the next James Bond? We don't know. Of course, I don't think Idris Elba really wants to do it. No, he doesn't want to do it. Um, well, that's the thing. He's come out and said, said I, I I won't do it. Yeah. Which breaks my heart. Oh, well, Idris Elba, you do what you want. Yeah. Well, mad respect, bro. <laughs> um, this is, again, off topic, but, man, I looked up Nolan's next movie. It was announced. Yeah. What he's doing. He's doing an Oppenheimer. I'm very interested. Yeah. Because that's not been done before. No, he doesn't. I haven't seen him do like a... I mean, he's done uh, Dunkirk. Yeah, but this is a historical this biopic. It's a, a biopic, basically. So I'm interested to see what he... Yeah. Because he likes to mess with time and these high concepts of stuff. So it's hard for me to imagine he's just going to do a straight no. biopic movie. And I hope... It's going, you know, there's probably going to be some ethical elements to it. They're going to play with the morals. Because as a rule, I just don't like, I just don't watch biopic movies. I don't care. Well, have you seen The King's Speech? No. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) One of the best movies out there. The King's Speech, um, The the Darkest Hour. Have you seen that one? No. Gary Oldman. He got an Oscar for it. Okay. Um, but he, he plays Winston Churchill. Yeah, I think I did know that. Yeah, he won an Oscar for that. Incredible. Yeah. But King's Speech, Darkest Hour, those are good biopics. The, the last one I watched was Walk the Line about Johnny Cash. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And to me, that, I mean, just because I'm such a Johnny Cash fanboy, that is the yeah top of the top. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that put Joaquin Phoenix on the map. Yeah, and he's an incredible actor. Crazy, but he is crazy. Great actor. He is very crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Man of Steel, great movie. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. No, say what you go. Well, it's just sad that it's not. It's hated on so much. Like even Rotten Tomatoes. I was looking as we were talking. It's yeah. like fifty six percent. I don't go by that. And uh, I think it's Metacritic was terrible too, and. IMDb was like seven out of ten, which is decent. But which 
you also know. A, a sad PSA. If you're listening to this and the way you decide whether you're going to see a movie or not is just by looking at the Rotten Tomato score. Mm-mm. Stop doing that. Nope. Yep. Take the time and read through the individual reviews mm-hmm. because sometimes, because everyone has a different rating system. Yeah. You know, so you have to go through and get the nuance of the review. You have to read what somebody wrote the yep. entire thing. Yep. Not just go off of an arbitrary number that these studios has you have used as a marketing ploy nowadays. That's right. But anyway, Man of Steel, what'd you think after all this discussion and me possibly ruining I'm, it for you? You you did make me stop and think. Um I'm still leaning towards out of five stars, you know, four. Okay. Yeah, I would give it four out of five. If we're doing a five star system. Five stars are less intimidating for me <laughs> as a scale. Because <laughs> I usually do a one to ten, but you know. If it's one to ten, um, you know, 7.8. Okay, I'd give it an eight and a half. Okay. Even with all the criticism I have of it. Um, so that's the end of this episode. Man. Second Take Movies. Will, thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me on. Um, you got a better microphone, you know, a, a better movie to talk about. Yeah. It's, uh, and we don't have to record two more after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, always a pleasure. Yeah. Keep uh, doing what you're doing, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, clicking on this. If you found us on iTunes, please leave a review. Give us how many stars would you give us? What what would you say <laughs> about this show? Um, if you have a suggestion for a movie you want us to do, you can send that to secondtakemoviepods at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Second Take Movies. And thanks for listening.